city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, refuses to pay ransomware demand, and assessing the risks of quantum computing. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. Never pay a ransom to attackers. Whilst that's long been the advice of law enforcement agencies and security professionals, many victims do continue to pay. Recently, that included Colonial Pipeline Company, which was hit by the Dark Side Cybercrime Syndicate. Subsequently, Colonial Pipeline's CEO said that his company paid a $4.4 million ransom because it was the right thing to do for the country. The mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, however, recently held a press conference to issue an update after the city was hit by ransomware on May the 9th. To discuss, I'm joined by ISNG Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz. So Matt, Tulsa, as I understand it, has vowed not to pay. Precisely. Uh, Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum, in a recent press conference, said the city would not be paying any ransom to attackers and that the city had rejected attempts by the attackers to negotiate as well as threats to try and name and shame the city via the attacker's data leak site. The city rebuffed those efforts, saying that in the interest of transparency, it would be disclosing the attack itself, as it's now done. So does this city have a policy against paying a ransom? And how does it find itself in this position? So that was a question put to the mayor during the press conference. Someone said, Mayor, is there an official city policy that says we will not pay the ransom? And the mayor said, no. And I give a lot of credit here to the mayor and other city officials. For example, I was heartened to see that this press conference they held to issue the update on where they were with the recovery was led off, kicked off by Michael Derringer, the city's CIO, before he was later joined by the mayor. Derringer said he regularly liaises with other cities' CIOs as does the city's security manager, to collectively refine their strategies and defense. So Bynum came on stage or to the podium, and his message was essentially, it's going to take time to recover, but we've got this. And this is a model that many other organizations and municipalities should seek to emulate. About three years ago, uh, after the city of Atlanta was hacked and their network was locked down and they were held ransom, And that's when Michael and I started talking about how do we make sure that never happens to Tulsa? And that led to, uh, and he he knows that world better than I do, so I'll defer to him on specifics as to all the things we did. I know from a budgetary standpoint, we invested significantly in it. I'm super grateful that we have a city council that had enough foresight over the last several years to recognize the importance of this and include it uh, in the budgets that we approved. Um, but we, that was the kind of flare that went off, not just for us, but I think for a lot of cities about what happened to Atlanta in 2018 and then realizing that we needed to up our game. And, uh, and thinking about the, this particular instance, I think a key lesson for us is that we're in a position to not pay a ransom because we made those investments. But those investments were good enough to save us this time, but they might not be in the future. You always have to be thinking about how to stay ahead of the cyber terrorists and make sure that you're making the necessary investments to protect your digital infrastructure and the citizens' data. And we've had a commitment to that in the time that uh, I've been the mayor and, and we will be moving forward. 
So that's a powerful message for the leader of any organization, or, or in this case, a city of 766,000 people to be able to say. Indeed. Now, of course, the situation isn't perfect. And whatever your defense is, attackers will still sometimes get through. But the city, as is obvious now, had disaster recovery practices in place, and it's now restoring systems in a prioritized order based on importance. Bill payments, for example, are not possible, so they've put a moratorium on having to pay things like your water bill, saying they're not going to shut it off until five days after those bill paying systems get restored, so people have some time. Also, police body cam footage can't be transferred to storage when the cameras get full because none of the city's Wi-Fi access points are working. So they're working to get these working again, and obviously there have been some short-term disruptions among other problems. But those seem relatively minor when the mayor can come on stage and say, recovery is in progress. So here he is again, albeit with some slightly hard-boiled pronouncements. The clear message that, that we're trying to send is that we have strong systems in place here at the city of Tulsa, and uh, we have no inclination to negotiate with cyber terrorists. Uh, we're not embarrassed to publicly say when we've been a victim, uh, and you're not going to get hush money from us for that, um, and that uh, we're not going to pay uh, to get our systems restored more quickly when we can go through and do it ourselves. Uh, so we're not looking to, to pay criminals both to keep something quiet or to make things more expedient and easy for us. Uh, we will be completely transparent and do the hard work and avoid rewarding criminal behavior. Uh, and I think the most important audience for me that would hear that is the citizens of Tulsa to know that your data here at the city of Tulsa is secure and to know that your tax dollars are not gonna go into the hands of criminals. So if there's one overriding takeaway message here for other organizations, it's to ask yourself, if you should get hit by ransomware, can you take to the podium in this manner and say the same things? If not, you've got work to do. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The CISO of Johnson & Johnson, Maureen Allison, has a truly unique career path. Her interview with our Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, on our sites is most definitely worth a watch. In their discussion, she reveals how her company has changed after the pandemic, and here she is reflecting on how these changes have influenced her cybersecurity priorities going forward. Well, we're uh, now looking at identity and access management, our CASBs, our SASE uh, network. We're going to be looking at the thing that's been labeled the zero trust in how we're moving forward. And we were already looking at it with our new CIO because we're looking for a digital transformation and how we're gonna move. So we're very poised and ready to go. And again, um, also what we found is that our third parties, like most other third parties, tend to be a weaker link. And whether it be the supply chain of IT like SolarWinds, and uh, some of the other technologies that are used that uh, had issues this year, but also our physical 
third parties on um, uh, how our supply chain, our entire supply chain of J&J. And where J&J did not have the attacks on them, we did see some of our third party companies uh, suffer attacks. And then we went into our business continuity posture. And finally, to unlock the value of quantum computing, two systemic risks, tech governance and cybersecurity need to be overcome, says William Dixon, head of Future Networks and Technology at the World Economic Forum, whom I recently spoke with. So what can security leaders do now to mitigate the risks that quantum computing potentially poses? This is really about collective action, not individual action. So there are specific things that you can do as an enterprise. You can build crypto agility. You can understand the material risks. You can start managing your cryptographic estate much better. But really, this is about migration of sectors over a long period of time. And there are going to be specific parts of your sector and there are going to be specific shared infrastructures that are going to need better and more robust governance to be able to protect them. IoT is a great example of that. Blockchain technology is a great example of that. And then specifically for the security community, there are specific information security steps that we need to be now putting into kind of like our, uh, our normal practices as the security community. This needs to start appearing on the risk register. People need to be start doing the kind of crypto audits. People need to start understanding their estates better and understanding how this risk will materialize and the steps that they need to take um, as well. So there's enterprise leadership, there's industry leadership, as well as us as the chief security kind of like community taking those kind of good information security steps as well. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time.